today. Are you a mom who's too critical? Right is right and wrong is wrong. Oh, here we go. I don't call it nagging, I call it editing. Is it your way or the highway? You know don't what, I'm getting out, I'm lane. getting out. I'm getting out, I'm done. It's overbearing. How to knock off the nagging and get it together. Today on Mel. I'm Mel Robbins, and so here's a question for you. Do you have a harsh critic in your life? Yes. Oh, well, okay. Wow. Maybe it's your mom. Oh, there were more yeses and some hand raises. Okay, now, your mom probably loves you dearly, but she can't stop criticizing you. What's up with that? So who can relate to this quote? I'm not a nag. I'm a motivational speaker. My kids say, well, you're both, Mom, okay? <laughs> so who are you nagging in your life? Are you trying to motivate them or change them for the better? The sting of a mother's comments can stay with you for a lifetime. And you can't break up, but can you make it better? I reached out to mothers and daughters and asked them what drives you bananas about your critical mom. Check this out. My daughter, Teresha, is a diva. My mom is too opinionated and overwhelming. When I deal with my mom, it's her way or the highway. I know my daughter thinks I'm critical of her, and I'm sorry she feels that way. I stay on her case to keep her in check. She's way too critical in the way I live my life. She needs to back off and stay out of my business. I'm just keeping her best interest at heart when I get on her case. She is super critical and annoying. As a parent, I have earned the right to be as critical as I want to be. She thinks she knows everything and constantly telling me what I should do and how to do it. I value her opinion when I ask for it, but her constant criticism of everything I do in my life is annoying. Mothers do know best. I have been on this earth a lot longer than she has and I know a lot more about life than she does. She needs to sit back and give her input when I ask her for it. Back off, Mom. I've got this. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> I love that video, especially as a fan of the Brady Bunch growing up, you know? So, Teresha, you called your mom old school? Yes. You called her damn opinionated? Yes. Uh, can you describe? Over-criticizing. Over-criticizing. Okay, yes. so what is she? My mom criticizes my whole life, from my outfit that I wear to an interview, to what I should put on my daughter, to the degrees of when I should bring her outside to go swimming, to my dress code just in general. Like, she's always nagging me about every single thing. You know what's so cute is that as I'm watching you and listening to you, I see your mother's face. And I can see that Janae is even sort of in her mind nagging your answers. Am I right? Yes, ma'am, you are quite right. So is that fair? Are you that critical of her? Look, I'm a mother. I'm here to protect her and to make sure that everything is done a done right, done the right way. I mean, I know she thinks my way might not be the right way, but I know my way is because I'm the mother and I've been here the longest. <laughs> so. I think people are giggling from a knowing, both that's how I feel and that's right. the way that my mom is. Yes. Right. So what's the ugliest thing you've said to her? Have you bumped your head with that outfit on? I'm like, what? Where? Well, can you translate that for people that might not have gotten it? Okay, I'll translate. And, and this is a PG show, yeah. so. Okay, <laughs> I'm a translator for you. 
one outfit, like some panties, and then a couple of sheer sheets, you know, the sheer part, one here and one down the side, that's one. The next one, get a napkin and cut it in four pieces, patch one piece here, one piece here, one piece here, one piece here. The last one, get some toilet tissue, black now, gotta be black, and just ring it all the way around, all the way around, and just leave it off right there. Now, when she said that to you, though, like, did it sting? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a whole grown woman, so I should be able to wear what I want to wear, how I want to wear it. I've earned that right because I'm at that age. And as long as I'm respectable, then it should be all good. But absolutely, it stings when she says certain So stuff. why are you making that face? Because I wasn't brought up that, that way. I didn't dress like that. I don't feel like it's appropriate. I know that today, with the hip-hop, love and hip-hop and all that shenanigans going on, <laughs> they all want to have the girls out at attention and ready to go, you know? But you leave something for desire. Let a man wonder, you know? That's, I'm old school. I'm sorry, I'm just old school. You don't have to apologize for being <laughs> old school. And I'm gonna stay old school, because right is right and wrong is wrong. Oh, here we go, here we go! All right, all right. Yes, that was what we call Point with right. a sentence, right? Yep. That, so, can you describe for me your relationship with your mom? Um, I think that we're fairly close. We share a lot of things. Like, we interact a lot on a daily basis. I think we're very close. Gotcha. We have a great relationship. Well, you know, I'm not surprised to hear that. Well, you can see it, first of all, right? <laughs> yeah. That you really do care about each other, you love each other, yeah. even though you're making her bananas. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, and it's really normal, even and particularly in healthy relationships, to have that tension. Good. The issue is that sometimes the criticism and the nagging and the I know best makes you feel like you're being invalidated for who you are. Right. And you have to redefine yourself all the time. And that's exhausting. Yeah, I can understand that. Well, thank you. Let me go over here to you, too. And so, Whitney, let me talk to you and your mom, Linda. Paint me a picture for what she criticizes you about. My mom criticizes my job applications, my driving, what friends I want to have, where I want to live. And she really criticizes the emails that I send. That's probably the biggest one. Very nitpicky about the emails that I send. Can you give me an example? So. She's a lawyer, so she's smart. So if I want to send an email to... <laughs> so if I want to send an email to a potential employer, I'll just say, Mom, can I send this to you? You can maybe glance it over. She will literally send the email back with like highlighted bullet points, like a million different things, like you should have said this, delete this. And I'm like, well, okay, but I have to make it my own. So then I'll make it my own, send it to the employer. And then she'll say, oh, send me a copy. So I'll oh send my her a God, copy. you mean checking up on oh, whether yeah. or not you yeah. sent the email that she. That's not true. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'll send it back, and I made my own changes to make it personal, and she just, well, that's not the email that I wrote. What, what did you do? You changed it all. So, in general, what are the things that you say to her there that you nag her about? Well, I don't call it nagging, I call it editing. <laughs> and. <laughs> I have literally hired hundreds of people in my life. I've been here a long time, and I've got a lot of experience in reading emails, knowing what works, knowing what doesn't work. So I edit and share is how I choose to look at it. <laughs> so Whitney, how does it make you feel when your mom is kind of, as she puts it, editing? 
whether it's an email or what you're wearing or what you're doing or any of the other things? I mean, I think sometimes it makes me feel a little stupid. Like it makes me think that she thinks that I'm not fine on my own. And like, I've done well professionally for myself at 23. And like, just to hear her say like, well, you should do it this way and tell the employer this. I'm like, well, you know, I've done well by myself. Like you have to trust that I'm an adult. I've learned the skills necessary to take on the job market and just trust me that I'll be fine on my own. Well, you know, I get that. I think Whitney and what's interesting is that it's, it's so fun to talk to all of you, and it's been really fun to research this, but at a deeper level, I started to think, you know, we can't really blame moms, because if you think about it, we raise our kids for at least 18 years in the house, and our job when you're little is to parent you, and to edit you, and to be old school, and to point it out, and to be the tough one in your life. And the thing that I've started to realize recently for myself is that there's never that deliberate moment where the relationship steps into the next chapter. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us get stuck, I know me personally, still trying to parent my daughters who don't want it and not stepping into the role of being the supporter that they're really looking for. Right. And that the thing that I'm also starting to realize, and we're gonna talk about this on the show today, is how the nagging even out of love starts to wreck your confidence if it's the one, and you just said as much, if you're on the receiving end. And you're, I hear you go, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, Janae, was your mom critical of you? No, actually my mother wasn't because she didn't have to be. I'm old school. <laughs> Did you hear that? the generation of your seen, not heard, right? Yes, exactly, yes. exactly. So I knew my place. I didn't even test the waters. You know, based on the research, we found out that when you look at mothers and daughters' perspectives, both sides are doing something wrong from the other side's perspective. And it's pretty consistent and it's really interesting. From a daughter's perspective, we moms, we are trying to parent when they don't want it. We are overly critical and we're demanding. Now, from our perspective, when we look at our daughters, we're like, okay, first of all, you're not listening to me. <laughs> Secondly, you're making poor choices because you're not listening to me. And you don't have time for me. Mm. I heard that. Mm. So when we come back, you're gonna watch how this critical mom takes backseat driving to a whole new level. Even you would wanna kick her out of the car. Stay with us. <laughs> Coming up next. You just passed the parking space. I will find one. I will find one. I'm Blame. getting out. I'm getting out. I'm done. It's overbearing. I am a great driver. And later. She lost 100 pounds, but she's terrified of gaining it back. You will not make healthy choices until you think you deserve to. You know how to do this, because you've done it. Next, Mel. Is the man in your life emotionally shut down? It feels like we're strangers. Are you ready to fight to stay together? No. Releasing your painful past to create a better future. Tomorrow on Mel. Welcome back. I'm Mel Robbins. Today we're talking about overly critical moms and their daughters who are tired of being nagged by them. And Monica says her mother Renee criticizes and puts down her driving so much she actually stopped the car and got out. Watch this. 
can see it as a dip. You see what that cab did? Yeah, yeah, yeah I can see everything. Now what you saw he was just about stopped. Why did you stay behind? He him? was in the wrong. He's like in a whole lane, like you have to anticipate what other drivers are gonna do. It's like called defensive driving. Now when you see somebody up ahead and they look like they're just about to stop and there's no reason for it, go around. Mom. Well, now you, you see this guy like... hovering by the by the by Mom, the parking space. Mom, I can't space. even see because he's, he's hovering by up. the parking. You just passed the parking space. I will find one. There's another I will one. find one. See? Look, you see how we did that? You know Don't what? Go I'm into getting the bike out. Lane. I'm getting out. I'm getting out. I'm done. You're in the friggin' bike lane, Monica. Monica. Now this is what should have happened to begin with. Well, this is parking space. And we could have saved five minutes. Push her hand here, goes, Am I really that bad? <laughs> oh my God. So, does she have like a bad driving record? Has she got in an accident? No, it's not that. It's just that she drives fast. <laughs> it's just like nerve wracking. It's like, I don't drive fast, Mom. That's a stretch. I drive her to work almost every single day, and anyone who drives in New York City knows that you have to be an aggressive driver. If the cab is coming, you better be ready. Okay? Okay, so, so you are. And you're a proactive, aggressive driver, and you're because I heard you say defensive driver, defensive yes. driver. Yes. So you wanted her to slow down. Exactly. We want to arrive alive. Arrive. <laughs> well, Mom, arrive alive. We've gotten every. I've never been in an accident. I've had my license for many years now, and I am a great driver. I just want her to trust me that I know what I'm doing. Three years. Three what? She's that's got a driver's three license. Three years. Well, that's a long time. It's overbearing. It makes me feel like, do I know what I'm doing? You know, now you're second guessing yourself. Her hands are flailing. I'm like, mom, put your hands down. We're gonna get into an accident because of this. While it seems, and this is the bigger theme that I learned researching this show, that it seems helpful in the moment. It seems like we can't help ourselves, but the undercurrent and all of the daughters so far have actually affirm this, and yeah. my daughters have too, and I talk to them about my own nagging, what happens is it starts to undermine her confidence. Exactly, yeah. So, but Monica, it's not just the driving. It's not just the driving, it's even things like what my backup career should be. You know, I'm an opera singer and an actor here in New York City, and my mom is like, Monica, make sure you get your degree so that you can have a backup plan, so just in case this doesn't work out, and I am gonna go back to school, but my, my opinion is, if you have a plan B, you're not really giving your plan A all that you can. So, but, but Renee, it, you know, you, Renee keeps looking at me, you're adorable. Because you keep looking at me like, Mel, give me a chance, Mel. And so you are raising your hand. What did you want to say? Well, I wanted to say, I work in a law firm. There are lots of attorneys who are opera singers. There are lots of attorneys who are actors. There are lots of attorneys who do lots of other things besides one thing. And I'm quite sure she doesn't want to bust tables until you wait for your big break. Wow. It's not... That was very aggressive. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Here's the disconnect. You criticize her because you're concerned. Yes. And you do it because she's not following the path that you followed in terms of how you set up. And I see, I, I feel exactly. the moms going like this. And it's the path that you know. And so here's two truths. Number one, the world has absolutely changed. Yeah. And so the way that you did things, 
isn't going to be the way that this generation does things. I'm going through the same thing with my 20-year-old and my 18-year-old right oh, now. Oh, jeez. Okay? So that's number one, that the world has changed. Here's the other thing. She's in a different stage of her life than when she was under your roof. Yeah. And this has been the hardest thing for me to evolve into as a mom. And that is realizing that here's the thing you gotta understand and you two need on, and all the moms need on, you did an amazing job. Thank you. You have an opera singer. <laughs> you have a gal that is going to college, like she's going back to school. You have to trust her. And here's the thing that, that has helped for me. So I have had to move into a stage of figuring out what my daughter needs from me mm -hmm. instead of assuming I know. And so here's a little trick. I'm going to tell you a story. So my daughter is going to one of those study abroad programs. Mm -hmm. And she was packing. And she said, Mom, could you come up and help me? And so I walk in, and I immediately go, why are you taking 10 jeans? And you don't need eight pairs. Don't they have a washing machine over there? <laughs> and she immediately goes, why do you always criticize me? Mm. And I said, well, you asked me for help packing. She started to cry, and then she said, I just need you to tell me I'm doing a good job. Wow. Yes, and so for me, it was like, okay, I suck as a mom. Yeah. And then here's what's happened since then. And my younger daughter does this too, and I'm offering this up as a tool for you all, is that they, I, I have started to train myself, because they interrupt me now and go, I'm not asking for your advice, I just need you to listen. Mm -hmm. And so now what I say, yesterday my 18-year-old called me from California, new freshman, you know, in school. Mm -hmm. And I could feel she was worried, and I wanted to jump in and tell her what to do. And I paused, and I said, do you need me to listen? Mm. Or do you want advice? Mm. Oh, That's I hear it now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And so it's working for me. Are you willing to try that with your daughter? Yes, I am. OK. Awesome. Yes. I, I just heard, are you? Yes. Yeah. We'll be right back. <laughs> Thank you. Next, Renee, what are you gonna promise to do? I promise I will let you drive. And if I see you run a red light. <laughs> <laughs> and later, are you obsessed with finding happiness? So you've been unhappy for six years? It's not about what happens, it's how you react to it. Thursday, a secret between sisters. It's been 26 years of doing this. Hiding in plain sight. How did it get so far? Shedding the shame of this obsessive cycle no one's talking about. Thursday on Mel. Welcome back. I'm Mel Robbins. Today's show started with this quote. I'm not a nag. I'm a motivational speaker. Now, we've been talking about moms who are overly critical of their daughters. And let me just say this. We moms, we've got the hardest job on the planet. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, the other thing is that life is about taking one step forward. That's what this show is about. It's how you fix relationships. And it's also about not retreating. So remember that game, Mother May I? Yeah. Well, we're going to play it right now on this stage. And I want you to know uh, that all you need to do is take one step. And the one step that each one of you will make today to move towards coming together and stopping the criticism. So I want to start with Janae and Teresha. 
Will you two stand up? Okay, come on over here. And so the distance right here is what gets created when we moms continue to criticize. Because what ends up happening, as we've learned, and I learned a lot researching this show, is her confidence starts to dwindle because she thinks you don't believe in her. Okay. Got it? Okay. And I, you know, I didn't believe it either as a mom. I'm like, come on, I'm just telling you what to do. <laughs> exactly. I don't understand why that makes you feel bad, <laughs> exactly. right? Why do you feel like Right? Okay, so, but I want you to take one step forward and tell your beautiful daughter what you're going to do moving forward. I am going to ask you, do you want advice or do you want me to listen? Wow. All right. Now, Teresa, take a step forward and tell your mom what you want to say to her. I am going to be more receiving and objective in what you do say to me instead of being in my feelings because I know it's coming from a good place. I love you. All right. Hug, hug, hug. <laughs> All right, next we got Linda and Whitney. Come on up. You can see the gap closing. It's super cool. Let's back up a little bit. There we go. That, that email really bugged her. Okay, so Linda, you first take a step forward and tell your daughter. You really do require less editing now that you've been under my tutelage for so long. <laughs> And I, I do want, I want you to know that I am extremely proud of you and your accomplishments at your young age and you are doing incredible. And I will ask you if you want advice or you want me to listen. Take a step towards your mama. I will be more appreciative of the advice you give me because I know sometimes you're just trying to help me and then I get really annoyed and I'm like, I don't need this. So. I will try to just accept it more and appreciate it more. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Yes. All right, finally, we got Renee and Monica, our drivers. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Renee, take a step toward your daughter. And what are you going to promise to do? Monica, I promise I will let you drive. <laughs> I mean it. I will not be critical. And if I see you run a red light. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't say a word. I love you, I appreciate you, and I want you to know that I'm gonna be more mindful of the fact that you are a good driver. Thank you. All right, Monica, you take a step. Mom. I will say that I do need to listen more, and I appreciate you for just loving me enough to care. So. Oh, oh my God. Amazing. Now, I, you guys are awesome. I love you. Too. Oh, thank you, Mama. I love you. Now, I can speak for every single mom and daughter out there. We're not always perfect. We don't always have the perfect advice, but I do know it's coming from a place of love. We'll be right back. Up next, she's lost 100 pounds, but she's living in fear. What do you have a hard time controlling the most? You know how to do this, because you've done it. And later.
I'm on a mission to help you find happiness. First of all, you have to confront the past. I want you to count back five, four, three, two, one, and I want you to tell me what you're gonna do. Still to come this week. It feels like we're strangers. Let's start breaking that pattern right now. You love your wife? I love my wife. Love my son. What's coming up for you right now? I don't want to lose you. I took diet pills for so many years, I can't even honestly tell you how long. Kim, what are you feeling? Frustrated. I should have protected you better. Sorry. Do you want Josh out of the house? I do. If my daughter were upstairs doing that, I'd be pissed. I mean, does this embarrass you at all? Because your life isn't moving forward. That's still to come this week. Liz wrote in to me she had gastric bypass surgery and lost a hundred pounds. How amazing is that? But now she finds herself at a crisis point in her life because she's afraid that her lack of discipline is going to bring the weight back on. So can you paint a picture for me when you say lack of self-discipline? Well, all my life I had struggles with my weight. Um, I'm not consistent in anything that I do. Um, and I'm just not positive about myself. What do you have a hard time controlling the most when it comes to willpower or being consistent with your decisions? I eat a lot of fried foods. Um, I eat a lot of junk foods, snacks. I love sugar. And I just eat horrible. I don't have a good diet. I'm curious about something. Mm -hmm. Do you think the fact that you had the surgery is also something that you use to tell yourself that you can't do it on your own? Yes, but I just wish that really that I would have been able to lose the weight by myself, really, instead of having the surgery. See, I knew it. You know, I knew that there I was, was a part of this that was about you making yourself wrong mm -hmm. for even needing the surgery. Yes. I, I think that's actually pretty common. Mm -hmm. And so what we're dealing with here truly, because you've handled the physical issue and the weight issue, is what you and I are dealing with is a mental issue. Yes. The way you think about yourself. Because first of all, there's nothing wrong with doing uh, gastric bypass surgery, mm -hmm. right? You qualified yeah. for yes, it. Your I health did. required it, yep. so I applaud you Thank for you. having the courage <laughs> to take your health that seriously. Mm -hmm. So can you talk to me about the 100 pounds that you lost and this fear that you have so I understand more about what you're dealing with day to day when it comes to the fear that you feel? Well, the fear that I feel, I feel that I'm going to gain the weight back because I've yo-yoed to where I started eating right, and then I stopped, and then one minute I'm eating right again, and then I stop. It's like I don't have no self-control. Okay, good. Health. Well, let's go to the whiteboard, because I want to teach you something, okay? Okay. Because this, um, this is not an issue. You use the word self-control, yes. right? Mm -hmm. This is an issue about self-esteem. And one of the things you're going to hear me say on this show all the time, and this is research-based, it's common sense-based, you will not make healthy choices until you think you deserve to. Does that ring true? Yes. Okay. True. So I want to teach you um, a little bit, a little mental trick that we can use, okay? Mm -hmm. Because you know how to do this. Because you've done it. Yes. You're just dealing with a little bit of fear because 
the old you. This was the person that was 250 pounds. You have uh, low self-esteem. And you were speaking what I call the language of willpower. If I were strong enough, if I were this, if I were good enough, I would have the self-discipline. I'd have the self-control, right? Mm -hmm. All that yes. kind of stuff. Yes. And then you find yourself saying, oh, my God, I can't. Oh, I ate cookies. I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. And so this being here weighs you down. Yes. Mentally mm -hmm. and physically. So you've taken care of the physical part. Okay. Now I want to teach you to step into a new language. Okay. You ready? Yes. You're now going to cross over so that your inner world matches your new outer world. And we're going to talk about the power of a decision. So how much do you weigh right now? I don't even know what the exact number is. I weigh 147. Fabulous. Okay, so somebody that's, you know, in the 140s, right? Okay. Okay, and this is a woman that has self-confidence. This is a woman who is in control. And I know you can be in control mm -hmm. because you made a decision to get that surgery yes. and take control. Yes. This is a woman who's driven by fear and by shame. So we're going to come over to here to control, and you're going to help me create what are three rules mm -hmm. that a woman who's in control, who has self-confidence, what are three rules that she follows in her life to make sure she's making healthy choices? So would one be, I don't eat fried foods? Yes. Okay. I don't eat candy. Okay, now you can write the next one. And name another one. I love myself. Yes. How about I don't trash myself? Yes. I don't trash myself. And I'm going to explain why. So when you use, I learned this, uh, the difference between saying I can't, which is all about like, you know, try, fear and, you know, no willpower versus mm -hmm. saying I don't. Mm -hmm. These are excuses. These are rules. So when you say, I can't eat candy, but I feel sad. <laughs> eat candy, right? Yes. I can't eat fried foods on this diet, but I want to, uh -huh. you know? Yeah. When you say, now you say this to me. I don't eat fried foods. Yes. Do you feel the confidence in that? Yes. I have a huge bowl of Easter candy right here. I don't eat candy. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, when your mind starts to go, uh-oh, I don't have the willpower. I don't love myself. I'm not good enough to stay this healthy. What do you say to yourself? I don't trash myself. Yeah. Right? How does that feel? Feels good. Yes. It feels good. Yes. And here's another thing you can do. This is a super simple trick. You're going to okay. hear me say this a million times because it works. Every morning when you look in the mirror okay. and you feel this person start coming into your brain, I want you to look in the mirror and say, I deserve to feel good. I deserve to feel good. And the reason why I want you to say that is because it doesn't matter what size you are. Mm -hmm. If you can say to yourself, I deserve to feel good, you'll start to believe it, which means you'll start to make the choices that make you feel good. You got it? Mm -hmm. All right, good. You're awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. You'll be right back. 
still to come. If you keep telling a sad and angry story, you're gonna feel your story is angry and sad. I want you to count back five, four, three, two, one, and I want you to tell me what you're gonna do. Robbins, and when Tanya reached out to me asking me to help her best friend Rachel find happiness, I immediately thought of this quote. It doesn't matter what happens, it's how you respond to what happens that makes the difference. Now, Tanya and her best friend Rachel are here. Thank you for coming. Thank for you. And what an awesome friend you are that you would write to me about your best friend Rachel. You've been friends for 20 years. And so... What has stuck out to you recently that made you want to reach out? You know, Rachel had so many plans for her life. You know, she wanted to be a dancer. She had all these huge aspirations for herself. And, you know, a lot of things happened along the journey and along our friendship. And some of the things just didn't pan out for her. So I feel like she never really adjusted her vision and her mission after the things came up in her life. So you've been unhappy, I understand, for six years? I would say that's when I really like took awareness and notice of it, and I feel like that's when it really hit me. And so, Tanya, though, you've been going through some things that are rough, too. Yes. So what's happened in your life? So uh, the past six years have been the most stressful years of my life. Um, you know, I worked really hard to build a life, got married, have three kids, um, within the past six years, I am now divorced. I'm a single mother. I lost my house. Um, you know, I've had to give up my business and kind of rearrange my whole life. Um, and every day I look at my children and I say, you know, I have no choice but to keep moving forward. Yeah. So I have to keep myself you know, going. Well, you know, what's interesting is in researching this, I think you're probably an example of what some psychologists call post-traumatic growth, mm -hmm. which means the stuff hits you, you didn't choose it, right. you certainly didn't want it, but it's about the outlook that you have that causes you to grow. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly what happened to me when I hit rock bottom 11 years ago and nearly lost everything. And so what is it that you dwell on? The successes that I thought I would achieve, like she said. So what said. did you think? So how old are you? I'm 42. You took a deep breath when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 42. Um, I'm definitely not where I want to be. Where like did as, you want to be at the age of 42? I just knew I was going to be on tour, dancing with some major star or maybe even an artist myself. Um, I, I I don't know. I just I got so lost in like trying to support myself and make money and pay bills that I totally forgot about any of those things. There's a lot of mm hmm. <laughs> well, the the hard part about being an artist and having that be your calling is that nobody tells you that you also have to be an entrepreneur. Yes. Because you got to pay for it, and it's not consistent. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so I get it. And I want to go back to the quote that we started with, though, okay? Because the fact is that it doesn't matter what's happened. What's happened is in the rearview mirror. Right. Because it's not about what happens. It's how you react to it. Here's the thing. There is a lot of research. You keep using the word happiness, that you're not happy. Mm -hmm. And the research says that, believe it or not, everybody, 60% of your happiness is actually genetic. 40% huh. is one... 100% in your control. 
Okay. Now, here's the other thing I want to talk about quickly, and that is that I don't think happiness is the issue. I that, think that yes. she, she uses happiness as something like a material thing, like, oh, once I have money or once I have the perfect relationship or once I have that career. Yeah. You know, she's always measuring up from one year to the next as to what she can get or where she can go, and then she'll be happy. This but is super common. Yeah. It's the, yeah, no, 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 it's super common. It's the I'll be happy when right. I get married. I'll be happy when I get my house. I'll be happy when I'm on tour. I'll be happy, right now I'm gonna work it's my ass off, I'm gonna do everything. What I say to myself, mm -hmm. literally that phrase. Well, no wonder you're stuck. Because first of all, happiness is not something you achieve, it's something you feel. Right. Happiness is like being at the beach, and the waves are happiness. Mm -hmm. So it comes in, it hits you, and then it's flat. Uh. And then another one comes, mm -hmm. and it hits you, and it's flat. It's a moment. That's what happiness is. What's missing in your life is what the ocean is. The ocean is joy. Mm -hmm. The ocean is meaning. So you can be really in rock bottom mm -hmm. and facing scary stuff. Yeah. And if you're focused on joy, which is what we're gonna talk about next, you can stand in the ocean and still feel a sense of joy because you can look at your kids mm -hmm. or you can look at the fact that you're a beautiful dancer and you can feel the joy and gratitude in that, but still the waves of sadness are hitting. And so I'm gonna show you some of the secrets to cultivating joy in your life when we come back. And Tanya reached out to me for help with her best friend, Rachel, who is in search of happiness in life. We all need a Tanya in our life, right? And so um, we were also just talking about the fact that you said you suffer from I'll be happy when. Yes. And now I'm switching the conversation to stop focusing on finding happiness, which comes moment by moment. Right. But to now focus on cultivating and experiencing joy in your life. Okay. So can you describe for me a moment in your life when you remember feeling that feeling of joy? Yes. Um, I remember uh, meeting my first love and it was like, it was like magic. But it was, a, and it was also a really great time in my life. Like I had a great job and I had like a great group of friends and I was going out and I was really enjoying the city and just living life. And then I fell and I broke my wrist and then I was bedridden for five months. And then I-, I So have you not recovered from that moment? I feel like I've recovered from that moment um, because I... Uh, I think your friend begs to differ here. So tell me. She lives in the past of all the things. So it's like an accumulation of things from childhood on yes. until the present day. So even when there's those moments where she's okay, she's still living in that past. She still carries all of this hurt inside. Something. What happened? I never really had like a stable childhood. Um, and I don't really have much of a relationship with my parents at this time. Um, and I feel like I'm, I do, I, I carry around a lot, of, a lot of anger from that. And I don't wanna feel that. First of all, you have to confront the past, which means you're probably avoiding doing it because you don't wanna it. go there. Yeah. And secondly, if you were able to get to a point where you could forgive what needs to be forgiven and actually move on, 
with your life, then you would have to let go of the anger. And right now, anger, it's weird, but people find power in it. If you keep telling a sad and angry story, you're gonna feel that your story is angry and sad. Yeah. And so there's a couple things for you. One is, this isn't going anywhere unless you make a decision to go speak to a licensed professional. Totally, and I, and I, I do plan to do that. I need to when? do that. When? <laughs> like, Look, probably when I leave the studio today. How about, how about a commitment? Yeah. No, 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 I, wa I want you to count back, five, four, three, two, one, and I want you to tell me what you're gonna do. Five, four, three, two, one, I am going to look for a therapist when I leave here today. You're gonna find me. I'm gonna find you. Okay. Now I wanna bring it back to Joy. Okay. Okay? Because Joy is also like a beacon that calls you forward. And so to me, do you still take classes in dancing? Um, I, I started recently, back again. Terrific. Yes. And the other kiss of death to Joy <laughs> is an empty calendar. Yes. And so if you're alone a lot, mm -hmm. that gives you a lot of time to think. Right. And so... And I am. Then we need to change that. Right. If you want to fix this, you get your rear end into therapy. Mm -hmm. And you go head first in the anger. Mm -hmm. And you take control of your life. Yes. Because from this moment forward, you get to choose whether you live it in a state of being angry and alone or you do the work mm -hmm. to build a life that brings you joy. That's right. There's, I, I no, there's no I, other answer. Good. Then do it. We'll be right back. Next Mel, is the man in your life emotionally shut down? It feels like we're strangers. Are you ready to fight to stay together? No, great relationship. Releasing your painful past to create a better future. Tomorrow on Mel. Welcome back. I love empowering women, and one of the sweetest joys of being a life coach is hearing your success stories. Remember Ellen with her bossy baby sister, Susan? Hey, Susan, I, I don't want you to have halitosis. <laughs> <laughs> and you sound really old, like Uncle Jack ordering a screwdriver. No one has uh, worn hoops like that since 1982. But seriously, oh, just try, just turn to her and say, you know, if you're gonna have one of those, just order it as a vodka and orange juice. Just say that. Can you say it nicely? Don't say the word screwdriver. And I can't put in breath mint. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love those two. And since appearing on this show, Susan's relationship with her bossy baby sister has changed and she wanted to tell us about it. Watch this. Hi, Mel. It was so exciting to meet you. I think you opened up Ellen's eyes to see that you can be heard if you say things in a gentle and non-bossy manner. It worked. Awesome, that's awesome. And finally, in case nobody has told you today, let me be the one to tell you that I believe in you and your ability to change your life for the better. And as you learned on today's show, you can learn how to make your relationship with your mom a little better too, no matter how much she nags you. And that's why I'm here cheering for you five days a week and reminding you that whatever you're facing, you got this. See you next time.